It's time for the Team Bear Sports Podcast. Team Bear Sports Podcast, back again off of like a two-week or so hiatus. I mean, I think it was just... A lot of a lot of busyness going around in our our lives between me, you, and Tim. So it's good to get back on the podcast. Yeah, Tim, Tim been going not, into the office uh, now. Yeah, that's <laughs> you're not working from home anymore. I know. Yeah, I know. Tim, Tim just started a new job, so he you know he's been grinding there. So he'll he'll probably join us in the next episode. I'm assuming once that we uh, the Bears draft. Oh my goodness, all these delayed messages are just popping up on my screen. I forgot that I linked my iPhone to this computer, so I just got a bunch of Easter text messages popping up on my screen. <laughs> you can tell it's been a while since I've opened up the laptop, but yeah, yeah. So we're back, Jackson. How have you been over these last two two day or two weeks? How was your Easter? How have you been? Oh, it was good. Um, you know, my girlfriend was out in Scottsdale for a bachelorette party. Um, this weekend I just kind of hung out with the guys. I grilled some brats and Italian sausages and. We did watch the Sox game because uh, most of my friends who were over were Sox fans. Uh, so we did that. Um, and then we got drunk in the park. Oh, it can't I, be that. We, we got another case of beer. We drank like four cases of beer between like seven guys. And I got drunk in the park. Was it like, I know, I don't know the name since I've only been to D.C. once. That one like huge like forest preserve park that's like kind of in the middle of the D.C. Um, I can't think of the name of it. No, it's Mediterranean Park. It used to be called Malcolm X Park um, years ago. But you know when you drove by my apartment? Yeah. It's the the park off to the left when you go down 16th Street. Gotcha. So what's what's getting drunk in a park? Like, is it like, do you guys get a gazebo? Do you guys just sit no, on we a bench? No, we just sat on like, like a bench and um, like a stone wall type of thing. Oh, gotcha. Smoked what? some cigars and drank some beers. We looked like weirdos, but there were a lot of weirdos out in the park. There was like a drum circle going on. There was like people doing acrobats. Um, well, yeah, big metro area parks. You're going to see a lot of that. I mean, Chicago, you know, you see all that all the time. Creatures, my friend. I mean, I'm sure hey, you've been in New York City, right? Not a, it, when I was like two. So that doesn't oh, okay, count. gotcha. Well, I've, I've been there in the last six or so years and yeah, a lot of. A lot of weirdos in the park. A lot, a lot of, of people weirdos. doing everything and anything in the park. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, that's good to hear. Good sounds. So you had a good Easter. Yeah, pretty low key. Um, I had to pick up floor. She had to she had to take a red eye in, and then we just kind of hung out. Um, and we we got caught up on one of our HBO shows. We watched that a uh, winning time about the Lakers. Okay, okay. Is show. that good? It's good? awesome. It's a great show. Yeah, it's. Showtime Lakers, right? Yeah, it's weird because um, they how they film it, they make it look like nowadays, but then like they'll add like camera angles and like filters that make it look like it's in the late seventies, eighties. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, let's see. Over these past two weeks, our Easter was good. We uh, did a little Easter egg hunt for uh, for Hayes. He liked hunting for eggs and opening them up and finding. He had some like crackers and eggs, and then we we had like Sesame Street characters and eggs. So we had to open awesome. up Cookie Monster and all that sort of fun stuff in there. Um, then just you know went over to the in-laws for Easter, had a great meal, had another Easter egg hunt with all the kiddos, and you know just typical Easter Day shenanigans, nothing too crazy. Yeah, I feel um, like Easter's kind of like a nice boring holiday. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of like. It's like, like it's a always on a down, it's always on a Sunday. It's like a watered down Thanksgiving in my book. Yeah, it's kind of like people get together to eat. Like it's not like there's a big, you know, it's like an early dinner. Yeah, early dinner. You know, right. booze is flowing. Um, but yeah, it's, but it was it's a not good like time. it's not like it's not like Thanksgiving where you can like get drunk because most people get the day off the day after thanksgiving yeah and it's not and, and thanksgiving has like the the football games that you like right. kind of plan right. around and i guess easter is more of a serious holiday for us christians mm. you know yeah uh, 
really taking it seriously. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> boozy brunches and yeah, mimosas. Buffets. Yeah, yeah. We had really your. For the last like, couple of years, we've done mimosa bar and a Bloody Mary bar. So See, that's, that's, that was that's fun. About, that's the thing about DC, man. Brunches in DC are just insane. Like, to the point, I mean, I've gotten pretty blitzed off of DC brunches to the, like where I've dropped like 80 bucks and like I sh- I need to go home. Like, I'm, yeah, those mimosas I'm and Bloody Marys, they like they'll, up they'll on get you. They'll get you. And it's. Saturdays are a great brunch day, but Sunday brunch in D.C. is just like I can't imagine what Mother's Day is like here. Yeah, brunch. I can imagine that's going to be not so nothing's nothing's worse than like I mean, I love day drinking and like brunches and mimosas. Are you a big boozy brunch guy? Oh, I I, I do enjoy a boozy brunch. But the worst part is like because my go to. I like Bloody Marys, but I like very particular Bloody Marys, like a spicy Bloody Mary. I'm the same. Yeah. Is my favorite. Um, but if I had to choose, I'm going to choose by mimosas. And, you know, if you have a lot of mimosas, you're getting that like 4 p.m. Just like throbbing headache. That's... If you don't if you don't continue on and if it's a Sunday, right. I'm probably not going to be continuing on unless I have a Monday off. But so would you yeah. rather? So you'd rather do a boozy brunch on I'd rather do a boozy brunch on, on a Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, because yes. then I can watch like college football all day, and then like for the NFL, like I usually go out for the NFL games because like it's hard to stream bear games out here, or, like trying to get like the local media. Yeah, and um, and if it's on CBS, like I'm not paying for you know CBS All Access or whatever yeah, or NFL that. ticket. That's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Like I'm not doing that. So I'm more of a Saturday brunch guy. <clears throat> Right. Because I can still watch football. And then depending where I'm at watching the Bears game, like I could just put on sweats or like an old pair of blue jeans and just like hang out and not do anything. Oh, yeah. And if like you start out at a boozy brunch on a Saturday, you know, you can continue that out. You know, if you're going to like stop at someone's place and then you're going to go out again later, you can kind of roll into that. Where if it's Sunday, like I mentioned, you kind of just want to. I mean, unless you like going out on Sunday nights and going to work the next next day super hungover i do no, not that's, I, um, that's that's a very rare thing that it, yeah. i will not lie that, that oh, has I mean, happened to me. oh yeah. absolutely but yeah well we were, we're if yeah, you had the choice yeah like but i'm okay going out like thursday nights even still as an adult once in a while um it's weird because we have a kickball league i'm in a kickball league again for the spring and what's your team I, name a kick to the balls that's that would be a kickball team name. It's, Absolutely. Uh, we're a co-ed team. Um, I am our first baseman. Oh, there you go. Do you have to, they is it pitchers hand out? Um, or do you have to throw the bases like regular softball, baseball? It's like regular bases. Yeah. Um, yeah, I play first because they need needed a tall person who can catch the ball to play first base. And, uh, and to scream out when someone doesn't tag up. You know, because there's always someone who doesn't know what the tag up rules are. And oh, yeah. Catch it, I'm like, hey, ball, 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 ball. And I yeah. step on first place, double play. So there you go. Every week. There's someone who does it. There's oh, always. It, oh, even like being in that co-ed league in. Uh, you have to tell your girls. You have oh, to yeah. Tell. You got to get yep. them back to them. Even, you know, even if they like wait ha- sound, like two seconds or so. It's like such like a. Like, I, I don't like the mansplaining. You know, because like yeah. you get some girls who like roll their eyes, and it's just like, okay, well, make a mistake, and they're like, well, why am I out? I'm like, well, I just told you. Yeah. That's why you made that out. That's why you don't do that. But that's what that's why you have third, first, and third base coaches. That they're they're yep. there for a reason. Yep. But other than Easter, let's see, and a couple other things. Um, I went to the White Sox game recently with my dad. How was we, that? How was it like going to a baseball game? post-COVID-ish era? Uh, well, we went to one a couple last year. So, like, that was kind of the first... I've been to one. First one. Oh, yeah, we went to yeah. one White Sox game and one Nationals game post, I guess. I guess that was, like, the time when COVID was over with for last summer and then it started again, whatever. So, like, we kind of got to uh, experience that. But it was good. Um, we went to the game where it was super windy and the Sox lost to the Rays. 
it was like crazy windy. And so that was cool to see like a bunch of major leaguers drop a lot of fly balls. That's fun. Well, except um, when it happens to your team. Yeah. But it was like, yeah. it was the White Sox getaway game. I mean, they, I guess the Mariners, well, I guess not the getaway game, but the last game of the series. So they had like, I think it was just Tim Anderson, uh, Luis Robert and Jose Abreu were the only like three real starters that were playing. Cause Eloy just, he got hit in the foot with the ball the game before. So going in, I was kind of like, I'm not expecting them to do great things today, but overall it was good. I will say though, the one thing I don't like now that you mentioned like the, the post COVID thing is that everything is still cashless. I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. Uh, I totally so we, forgot. So, so we, we, we went to the white house, uh, a week ago so that was kind of a fun little date uh we got to do the rose garden tour um but going back to that okay i do like if i'm going to a baseball game like i like to have like 80 bucks cash on me oh yeah i, I stopped at the atm because i didn't even like i didn't remember that it was all cashless i stopped so at the even ATM if you thinking, go to a, even if you go to the vendor for like a hot dog you you just use your debit or credit card yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like I had a, I ordered a beer from a guy who was going up and down the rows and I thought, OK, maybe the people in the concourse are just cashless. But no, I had to give whip out the debit card, whip out the credit card for the guy at going like yelling See, beer I'm okay with that. I'm OK with that because I'd rather pay cashless there because it is a pain in the ass, like transferring change over and the beer. Mm. And like, let's be honest, like. Money is technically kind of gross for that instance, like, and, and then other people, even before COVID, right? Oh, yeah. Like, then other people are touching it, and then you're putting it back in your pocket. Like, yes. that is, hypothetically, that is kind of gross. It's like every every dollar bill has, like, traces of cocaine and fecal matter on it, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, or probably other gross body fluids. Oh, I don't want to know. But, like, that, that, like, that makes sense, right? Because then you could tip or whatever. I'm okay with paying cash at the concourse because then like I can just make, okay, hot dogs, $11, unfortunately, like here's a 20 boom. I got, you know, nine back. I can get a beer. Yeah. You're getting change from a register. Not, not from like a, right. Not from like five other people. Yeah. The weird fanny pack where it's like about to explode. (laughs) (laughs) Like Then you're always kind of questioning like, well, did I get the right change back? But I'm like, and ah. you don't want to be counting change when you got other people who are getting beer. Yeah, and you're that. like seven. If you're like seven people deep down the aisle, like it just yeah. doesn't fucking matter at that. Point. I I asked the guy. I was like, oh, like, do you prefer to be debit or like, did you like cash? He's like, I like, I like the cash, but I wish it, I w- would like it if they gave both options. Like, you could pay cash or you could do debit. Yeah. And yeah. He's like, a lot of people like. A lot of people don't like, like that. I think, but. you know, like definitely going out to restaurants. I think one thing that's never going to go away is the QR codes on the tables. Oh, yeah. Like as much as that probably kills like social interaction with the, you know, everyone being on their phone, like it just fits that narrative. Like, oh, look at everybody's on their phone. Yeah, like, that's not, it's, we're not never never going back. Like, that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, it, it's it's stupid. But like at the same time, like, yeah, you're not wasting money printing out. You're changing, um, you know, menus all the time, right? Yeah, you can just upload it online and then just boom, 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 done. Yeah, and a lot of times those menus online are easier to navigate because they have the tabs of like appetizers, burgers, rather than trying to find it through like a right a paper laminated menu, right? But. So other and then other than that, I know you mentioned you were watching your show uh, about the Lakers. Me yeah, and uh, Kate, we've been getting into the show. Well, she got into it first. I kind of tagged along, called the Ultimatum. Have you heard about this show? No. no. It's a it is a uh, it's a show about couples who one person in the couple has given the ultimatum of. You're going to you were going to get married or we're not going to get married. And what happens is they all these couples come together and then they like trade. Partners and live together and to see if they have a different connection with other people. And it's just it's just 
weird and nuts and seems like it's on like netflix or it's on netflix yeah okay it's it's i originally was like wow this is one of the stupidest things i've ever heard of but it's like i I can't imagine like it's just like a shit show that you can't like get your eyes away from oh we we watched so many of those we watched that show um like sexy beast or whatever Oh, they, were they like, they, yeah, they were the mas- like a, a mascot? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. But we, it was like one of those things, like, it was like a car accident. I'm like, I got to watch the next episode. Like, this is, yeah. what what animal or monster are they going to come up with next? Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely not to that extreme of like wearing a costume, but it's a nuts uh, it, kind of topic. Yeah, here's the crazy thing about that show was like a lot of people were from like England and like the States and they still live there. I'm like, how are these people going to date? How, how, like <laughs> the, the Netflix doesn't care. They just wanted someone yeah. to dress up as a pickle and someone to dress up as a, a cockatoo. I, the, yeah. The bird ones are always hysterical. I think like one guy, he had like a beaver. So like it's huge, like chubby cheeks and like big teeth in his way. Like it, it was entertaining, but completely stupid. I mean, I don't know how these people. I mean, did I ever tell you I was asked to be on a dating show? Um, I think yeah. What was the name of the one that? Hold on, let me pull up my LinkedIn. They've reached out to me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's professional. That's being very professional. I think it was like love at first sight. They reached out to me. Well, I mean, was it when you were still living in the Chicago area? Yeah, I was still in Chicago, but like I was still in talks with the administration. So, like, obviously I didn't do it because, like, it's just another security thing I'm going to have to go through. Yeah. Like, I don't want that. And one of my buddies who, like, was is still working in the administration, and he's, he's there. But, like, he's like, oh, dude, you should have done it. I'm like, no way. No way. He goes, oh, it would have been funny. Hold on. What, where is this shit? This was beyond stupid. Married at first sight or something like that? Love is blind. Love is blind. Okay, Love is blind. Yeah, that is actually the the show I'm talking about. Is like the same kind of genre slash. It's such as it's the same hosts of that show and uh, Love is Blind. It's Nick Lachey and his wife are actually the hosts. So yeah, you could have been on there. And that premise is if you talk to people like through a, a wall, so you can only hear their voice. Oh, and God. like you try to find a connection. And if you do, you get you have like 30, 30 days or so and you get married at the end of it. So you could you end up with a wife. Holy shit. Are you serious? Yeah. And and someone's going to put up with my voice. I mean, you never know. There's someone for everyone. But the cool the cool thing that you would have liked about this is like the people that made it through and found uh, a connection or whatever. Yeah. Is that they all had like a bachelor party for the the guys in that show, and then a bachelorette party for the girls. And uh-huh. the guys' bachelor party, they they went out and drank whatever. But before they did that, they got to take BP uh, at Wrigley Field. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I I've done I've hit it in the batting cage before in right field. Me and my dad were able to do that one time, but that's that's pretty cool. Like to actually you know, be on the field and yeah, see they were how, at home how, plate and all how that. Not how not far the ball I'm going to hit it. Oh yeah. Like uh, nobody, like nobody hit the ball, like past a couple of feet into the outfield, but yeah, I mean, there you go. So that, that was a, uh, that was that's, that's kind of cool. Even if you did, even if it was all like a, a scam, just to go I, hit I just looked up on LinkedIn again. And, um, like she's now like in charge of like married at first sight, like another dipshit reality show like I, it's weird i i don't want to listen to my own voice and i'm sure our listeners don't want to listen to my own voice like, <laughs> and you know a couple i i become friends with a couple uh local bartenders here and they're like jackson your chicago accent comes out the more you drink and yeah, like if i'm going right. on that if i if i go yeah like i never thought and you, get, and you probably get louder too which is another thing i'm gonna about get chicago. more animated i'm gonna get way more animated like if I start drink, because I'm not going to show up to that show sober. Come on, Kevin. Like I'm going to be, I would be nervous. Oh yeah, like in in the in the show, like while people are doing their like blind interaction with people, like people are having cocktails. So like, 
Oh, so what do you think it's going to yeah. come out? I'm going yeah, to so, like, uh, sound think like think Bill Swarsky yeah. over there. So uh, what are you thinking about kids? Do you think about having any kids later in life? I uh, saw so my mom from his Roselle, and uh, every summer I would help cut the grass and, uh, you know, hey. so, so got my neighbors over down there by the road. <laughs> like, I'm not hey, just... you never know. There could have there could have been a girl behind there that was very, uh, you know, into you the wanna, Chuck Swarsky. You want to go to Gainers and uh, – Pound some Miller lights and watch the Bears. Yeah, who maybe you could have had a uh, you know Jim McMahon's daughter or something like that behind there that was all into you know, it. You know, I did match one time on Bumble uh, with Mark Tressman's daughter. Well, that would have been I would have never mentioned my father-in-law ever. No, no. If hey, I was uh, your father-in-law looks really familiar. Yeah. We, oh no, that's just some guy. He's just he's he works in IT somewhere. He's never, <laughs> he hates football. He doesn't even know what that is. Yeah. All right. Speaking of football, we've had a nice intro. That yeah, was we that just was great. ranted for. About oh, it's the it's the best. Minutes. Yeah. But no. we'll kick off. No, obviously this is very still very light Bears news uh, until the draft, which is next week, which is kind of when everything kickstarts in terms of Bears. Um, they start. I believe they've had some optional camp things that you could attend. Um, they did sign James O'Shaughnessy as another tight end, Jackson. There's another tight end on the roster. Great. Great. Um, cool story about him. I had a class with him at ISU. He's a Redbird. He is a Redbird. We had no Music one, 152 together. And he was like, he didn't do much being the football player and all. I didn't realize he was a Redbird. I just saw that we signed another tight end and I rolled my eyes and I went back to bed. He is a... Redbird, so like I mean, obviously we got to root for him if he scores. The yeah, touchdown. no, no, now I'm happy. Now, I'm happy. <clears throat> but yeah, so that was cool. Off a Redbird, former classmate of mine. I don't think I said any words to him, but you know, Redbirds are tearing it up right now. Well, one Redbird baseball player is tearing it up right now. The, the team's not that good, but that's cool. That's Paul, awesome. Paul Paul DeYoung, or they're talking about the actual. He's playing like, right now. It's like Ryan Senek or something like that. Got, like, oh, on ice. You gotcha, gotcha. He uh, he let off today's game with a leadoff inside the park home run. Oh, yeah, that's, that's probably a stat he, you don't see very often. Two weeks ago, he was – last week, he was the player of the – national player of the uh, week. And the week before, he, in order to get it, he had five home runs, including four in a row on four different at-bats – or four at-bats in a row. Wow. So – Hey, yeah. maybe we'll get maybe we'll get drafted and have another Redbird in the That'd MLB. be awesome. But so we have a Redbird tight end on the Bears. I like. <clears> it. Yeah, that's a nice little nice little kind of puff piece there. But yeah, um, the next thing we gotta do in terms of our Bear portion of this podcast until yep. the draft is we gotta get two more players on this All Bears team. And we were talking and we decided it's going to be the opposite outside linebacker yep. and tight end. So Jackson, why don't you go ahead give us your outside linebacker selection um you know since again for linebackers i know we've had a great history of linebackers but for outside we already had lance briggs i gotta go with the other 55 i'm going with otis wilson yeah i was doing a little research because i kind of i was just thinking of linebackers and they all obviously were not they're all middle linebackers so i and just going off the stats that's kind of who i selected as well so we'll go. Wilbur Wilbur was close, but Wilbur didn't play as long mm-hmm. uh, with hey, the Bears. Awesome name, Otis. Wilbur Marsh. Otis is a cool name. Wilbur's a cool name too. Otis and Wilbur. Those are pretty badass like, old names. Those are very old man names. Like no way anyone I I would never name my son Otis or Wilbur. No, I can see it coming back in a few years. Just kind of no, telling. How there's names some go. weird names going on right now with guys like, but Otis, like, do you just want your old, like your son to be like a man who just hangs out on the porch all day and just like <laughs> yells at kids? It's like, like yeah. that's old man Otis. Like, don't <laughs> have like, your soccer ball go in that yard. Just eats like bread out of the bag on the just porch. Like, I think he just sits out there with like slits and just like, like warm, warm milk. Kids. Yeah. Well, more like warm beer. He's not drinking milk. <laughs> yeah. He smokes Marble Reds <laughs> and drinks Slits. All right, so Otis Otis slides in with our other opposite or, or other outside linebacker to go pair up with Lance Briggs. Uh, we will get our middle linebacker, I'm sure, very soon. But tight end, um, 
I'm, I'm guessing this was an easy pick for you. Mm-hmm. I picked Mike Ditka. I did pick Mike Ditka. There were some I was thinking about, you know, other tight ends. I think if Greg Olson stuck around with the Bears and never he got traded. Argu- yeah, he makes an argument. But, makes- you know, I think Ditka obviously being the first Hall of Famer. He's an iconic Bear. Like, even if it wasn't – he was, like, great. He was. Even for his stats, he was great. Yeah. Even if he wasn't, like – if he was just kind of, like, average to above average, I think you you might still argue for him just because, like, of that – him being Ditka and his relationship with the Bears and Duck Coach and all that, but I mean, he was a, he was. It's weird seeing pictures of him, younger, because he looks like a brick shit house. But then you just kind of think of him as like the old hunched over guy. Um, he put uh, up Sunday really Night good Countdown. numbers. He put up really good numbers as a Bear, and you know, when he was a tight end at Pitt, you know, he wasn't really used as much as a pass catching wide res- or pass catching tight end. He was more used as a blocker. You know, Hallis brought him in and made him a pass catching you know, tight end and really changed the game. I think, you know, as much as the tight end position has evolved over the past even, you know, 10 years, you know, that that would have never happened without Mike Ditka. You know, he won rookie of the year. He was on the 63 championship team. Um, he is our second uh, Pitt Panther, who's a Hall of, a Hall of Fame bear, too, on um, our offense, you know, him and Jim Covert. So Mike Ditka. Maybe we should draft the quarterback out of Pittsburgh. Uh, maybe that's already, the key. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Obviously just kidding there. Um, so we got Otis and Ditka joining the squad. I mean, I really, I feel like these next positions are going to be the either really hard to select. We're going to get so gonna... many great players or it's like, we, had, we don't have anyone else to choose, so that's why yeah, it's going to be I'm looking at some, you know, fullback I think could be an easy one. That might be an old, old school one. Uh, but, like, wide receiver two might be a little tough. Cornerback two. Cornerback two is going to be a little. Um, yeah, it's it's either we're like. It. We can be stretching to, it. We got to choose between the two, like, top shelf guys. It's hard to choose. Or it's like we got to choose between just a pile of crap and. Right. Throwing and, them in there. You know, we're, we're trying to be honest to ourselves of like, if you didn't play the position, you're not playing in it. And yeah, we can't slide. And it makes it more fun. It makes cornerback. Yeah, right. It's, it is weird. I'm looking at the stats right now and we have more all, we have more hall of famers on our offense than we do on our defense. Yeah. Well, that just shows that we haven't really, we haven't picked uh as many of the, of the solid positions yet on defense. Cause I think that's going to change. Right. That's going to change. Yeah. That's going to change. All right. Well, in terms of uh, bears, that kind of wraps it up until I, like we said that the draft starts next week, then we're going to start getting all the, Oh, like what did we do on this pick? Or, or do we like right. that? That'll be, that'll be fun. But yeah. The big, and, the big... know, second round. Curious to see what the Giants are going to do with their two picks in the first round. You know, rumors are that they're going to trade one of the picks to go for a first round pick next year because um, they don't have a first round draft pick. Uh, they don't have a quarterback. And, you know, the first round this year with quarterbacks is um, pretty below average, I must say. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I don't think either of us have done enough like. And I'm not a big like draft research guy in terms of like who I think no, the Bears are going to pick, but just real quick, if you had to, if you had to just make a choice right now, do you think the Bears stay put? Stay put. Think, with, yeah. Stay put. Move up little, or move back. I think they're going to be a little bit more conservative. I don't think they I, can get. I don't think they should give up too many picks just because one they don't have that many. Um, I think just polls being his first draft. I think he kind of like they're. They're not in a bad position in the second round. Yeah. Um, one update I did see today from Kevin Fishbane, who tweeted this out, that Jenkins was working out at left feet or left tackle. I'm sorry. Jenkins was at right tackle. And Larry was and at left Larry tackle, correct? At left. Yeah. So we've talked about that before, you know, getting a getting Jenkins maybe in more of his position that he was used to at Oklahoma State. Forum can obviously play anywhere on the offensive line. Um, you know, it'll, it'll be curious, and we'll see what happens. 
Yeah, I, 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 uh, I think that either they're going to probably either stay, stay put, or possibly if a something comes along the lines where they can trade back to gain more picks, maybe add a sec, another second round pick or multiple third, whatever. But I just don't, I just don't think that the Bears are in any position or need to be in any position to move up. Like they're not right. a, re- a receiver away from contending for the division. They're not. They right, need a right. lot of not a lot of bodies to plug all these holes so yeah don't don't get the flashy pick i think if you know if there's a good pick if there is a i hate the cliche best the best get the best person available and that might be the reason why mm. but you know we'll see what happens yeah well it'll be interesting once we get the names down we can kind of like unravel everything and sift through the the dust but, but uh, kev kind of switching gears you know yeah one team that has back on the national prowess and back in the playoffs for the first time in four years, which is crazy to think about, is the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, they. Uh, I would say they limped into the playoffs. Oh, as limp. an underst- as an understatement. Four months of limping. <laughs> it was. I mean, like, and anyone who listens to this podcast and is at even a not even an avid Bulls fan but just like pays attention to the NBA or the Chicago Bulls knows their record against winning teams it's like 4 and 20 something and they're playing against the Bucks in the playoffs currently down one game um and they made it nothing. a game they they made it a game um you know when I, I I watched most of it and you know that first 10 minutes no that first five minutes of that first quarter you're like this is this is over you know and you know they got down nine nothing right away i i thought their whole strategy of the game especially in the fourth quarter i i don't know what the fuck they were doing yeah like you said for the first like first quarter of the game i thought i mean they they played the bucks four times this year the first two games were like six points losses four point loss the last two were like twenty point losses, and it looked like they were going to go towards another twenty point loss. Well, have you seen? Have you seen the Bucks' record against the Bulls the past four years? Oh, I'm sure it's just horrendous. In Seventeen terms of and the one. Bulls. I mean, <laughs> that's not very good. I mean, granted, the Bulls have not been good for three of those four years, but like, still, now that they are a playoff team, you would think that they'd be. At least if they lost all four games and they were competitive in all four, it would be okay. like I'd be a little bit more, you know, I'd be thinking about possibility of taking some but wins we, in the we, series. We but talked about this at the beginning of the season was that like this team realistically is probably a six or seven seed. And and they just proved everyone wrong, like proved everyone wrong for the first half where they were the number one seed. And talk about a team that regressed to its means. Yeah, like, and there were there were hard. injuries to go along with it, but absolutely right. regressed like to what we thought they were. And yeah. I think a lot, a lot of people probably thought what we were thinking at the beginning of the season, like, Oh yeah, they're, they're going to probably make the playoffs as a lower seed, but because they saw those high highs, people are like, Oh wow. They should like, they're, I can't believe that they're playing so badly when they're such a good team. When in reality, they're kind of like what they thought they were. We all thought right. they were. Um, and I know we don't have Lonzo and Patrick Williams was injured for most of the season, but Caruso and was gone for a while. Caruso long was gone as well, absolutely. Right. But I mean, I don't do you, I don't think they're winning this series. I think they're going to get swept, maybe win a game. Are you in the yeah, same I boat? Yeah, I can see it maybe winning one game. Um, you know, they, they did battle back on Sunday. They did, and you know, they they took the lead a couple times, and they just could not hold it. Um, they they missed a lot of bad shots on Sunday, and you know. It was like Luke, an, ano- an anomaly of how bad their shooting was. Like, some were just way off. Like, I thought that was one of the worst games I've seen. Um, oh, what's his name? Kobe oh, White. Not Kobe White. Um, who's our all-star? It, it's now John. Levine or DeRozan? Levine. Levine play. Like, not making that extra pass. You know, forcing, like, three-pointers. And it was just like brick after brick and then Vuk was like he had a couple three-pointers that looked good and they literally just rim in and out and you know there's nothing you could do about that but you know they were pounding them inside 
when they got back into the game. And then they started trying to, you know, shoot the three-pointer. Like, they just got... They, there was no setup to their offense. And then, you know, you're, if you're playing a team like Milwaukee, who's you know obviously been there before, they're the defending world champs for a reason, you're going to have to just... You're going to have to be physical with them. Right? Oh, and Giannis absolutely. got in, Giannis got in foul trouble, and that call you gotta on him. That. You got to exploit that. Yeah. Yeah, and I know like there he, was got, the box he, got, he had five. The box that was a foul. Yeah, that, that was over the Patrick back. Patrick Williams but... got screwed on that. Yeah, I mean you gotta you gotta play through it, but like it sucks. Like I've been there in like a basketball game where like you think a call should be made and you're kind of like not moving past it because it's so obvious you are wondering how the refs missed it. But I, I, what you're in terms of what you're saying about the, the missed shots were crazy, and I, and I know you mentioned that they were pounding it inside, and I get like you got you got to keep going there, but. The Bucks, obviously, if they're getting beat inside, they're gonna try and stop the inside. That's right. when you gotta hit those. There, so those open looks are gonna be coming from the outside, and that's what you gotta hit. And I, I mean, you have your two All Stars. You got Levine. You got DeRozan. Vooch, who I believe before he came to the Bulls was shooting like 40% from the three-point line in Orlando, and maybe even the first couple like 20-something games in as a Bull. Like you gotta hit those. Like it, a three-pointer is not. And there's nothing. A, there's it's an easy shot for NBA players. There's nothing that you can do when it rims in and out. Yeah. Right. And that's just that's it is what it is. But like when you when you don't even set up your three pointers, right? If you're just doing it right off the dribble. Yeah, you're not getting. And then you're like giving up a passes. long rebound. It's mm-hmm. like come on, man. And I was worried about this whether you know, this was Zach Levine's first time in the playoffs, being in the you know the NBA for seven eight years now. Right, yeah, I was going like to say that. that it could. Their shooting, their shooting could have been off because a lot of them. This is their first series of the playoffs, and they were nervous. But I mean, that excuse works for like the first quarter. After that, it's game time. Right. And I mean, so. I, I know Zach has. There's the jury's always been out on Zach as like a great player, but he's always been on a bad team mm-hmm. type of thing. And can he be a? Can is he an actual guy that can lead you to a series win? And, you know, a lot of times, like, what defines the season as, like, what counts as a good season. A lot of sports writers have been saying, like, well, they have to win a playoff series just the way that they started. And then the way they ended and the matchup that they get with Milwaukee, it's just like, does the do you think this counts as a bad season if they don't beat the Bucks, Or at least maybe force it to a game seven to make it interesting? Yeah, I don't think it counts as a bad season. I think that a lot, like I don't, you said. I don't either. It's just like, like they're building and they still have cap space. They're going to have, they're still probably a one piece away. I think that like, uh, the front office like has built this team thinking like trying to make it a playoff team. Right. They obviously saw like great success early, which kind of like, kind of gave people a lot of higher expectations than maybe they should have. But like, I think they need obviously another piece. The the thing I'm most curious about, like you kind of, you were somewhat alluding to it earlier about Zach is that his, his contracts up after the season, he's yeah. going to be a max player. Most likely. I don't know about super max. I'm not sure about those numbers, but he's been making 40 million a year. This is his time to prove it. If he can like, fall out in the playoffs, he's going to earn that. And then he's also going to earn that, uh, that tag of, okay, he is a player who will show up in the playoffs and can get us to where we need to go. But if he just kind of fizzles out like he did last game, I mean, he, the took, rest of the- he took, he stood out the most for me for taking yeah, bad shots, game. four shots, not looking for that extra pass. And if he fizzles out in all the, this series, like that doesn't even have one, amazing game then people are going to second guess him be like okay is he someone that we can go along with this team that's going to lead us to a championship right so we will see on that so zach levine this is your time to shine we'll call him yeah i mean i'm not paying him so yeah it's not my money but uh, i we'll see if he is part of the future of the chicago bulls depending on his playoff performance I think that wraps up basketball again, unless you want to talk yeah. about any other series. I think. No, no, I was, I, I, I was watching some highlights yesterday and 
I tell you what, man, Joel Embiid is just a means SOB who's awesome to watch. I, I, I know people shit on him on some cases, but the past three years, that guy has just put that city on his back. Oh, and yeah. If he doesn't win MVP this year, I, I get Djokovic, or Djokic, whatever how you pronounce his name, was, yeah. Djokic. Djokic, yeah. And there's Giannis, who is making the case that he can win an MVP every year. But I think you got to get it to Embiid. Yeah, and, you know, it's the the person who means the most to their team. And they, obviously, they all do, but I don't know. I'm with you. I think that Embiid deserves it. He's, I mean, he's going to be someone who's never going to have ever have to buy a meal or a drink in Philadelphia ever. No, he's, he's, I think he's a guy who <laughs> wants to stay in that city. And yeah, that's, he, like, he kind of embodies that, that like, Grit that tough that like, you know that he, no he's that kind of yeah that kind of player that kind of Philly always kind of rallies yeah, around. And I think in a time period where people want the max deal contracts and you know which I get I respect you know you gotta get paid you get paid for your your trade, uh, but I also respect the guy who's just like yeah I could still make a bunch of money and stay in the community too. And I yeah. I think that's how he kind of is too. And you no. Know, He's been there with the times where he could have left because, you know, Philly tanked for years and years to get those draft picks. Yeah, trust the process. And it's it's been working. Yeah, we will see. I mean, obviously, as the playoffs go on, it'll be more fun to see what how this all shakes up. But yeah. it's been good so far. I mean, I have the, the Heat and Hawks game on right now, and Miami's kind of pulling away. But uh, Yeah, Miami's good. Yeah, they're the one seed for a reason. But uh, so that, that, I guess that wraps up the NBA, and now we can move on to baseball, which is our yeah, first time talking about. Yeah, the start of the season. The start yeah. of the season, right? NBA, yeah. we're done with that. We're in the start of the baseball season. You know, we 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 briefly talk about baseball with, you know, the lockout and the labor agreements, and well, what the, what are the Cubs going to do? What are the White Sox going to do? What's the rest of the divisions doing? But we are finally here. You know, we. We missed two weeks, so we didn't do a, a baseball um, like opening preview. Day, opening preview, day, yeah. yeah, but you know, Cubs have played ten games, White Sox have played nine, uh, Sox have been rained out two days in a row in Cleveland, and Cubs are currently down four to three to the Tampa Bay Rays uh, in the top of the seventh. But I, I think it's just from my perspective, I know there's high expectations for the White Sox this year, and rightfully so. They're in a division that they should dominate for the next two years. Um, but as a Cubs fan, like, this kind of a fun team to watch. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's it's always fun watching a team. I mean, let me, like, just say this, that it's only the first 10 games of the season. We know this. Yes. And I'm like, still picking the Cubs to be, like, a 75-win team. But it is always fun, at least up to this point, for being uh, if you're a Cubs fan, watching a team that you had lower expectations for, like prove you wrong and like give you get get you excited to watch. I mean, the biggest the biggest news uh, in Chicago baseball, not even the White Sox, is Suzuki. Say Suzuki, who's just been mashing the ball, getting on base, doing everything. I was everything. gonna ask that. Cubs. What what has the uh, Chicago press? insane about Seiya because his I'm, I'll pull up his stats right now and oh you know, it's he, he's 0 for 1 tonight but he's got two walks his average is 415 and his on base is it's video game numbers it's 1.468 I mean in terms of Chicago like Chicago uh radio and you know local tv I mean it's it's very positive for Suzuki I mean there's I don't think Anyone could be negative about him with those numbers, but everyone's just talking about how he's a rookie, but obviously he is in the prime of his career. So mm-hmm. they're not surprised that he is, he's not struggling right away. Like some 20, 21, 22 year old rookies come in, but I mean, they've just been all like, has great. it been annoying as a Sox fan? No, not really because he's I earning mean, it. <laughs> He's not someone who's been on the team for a long time that like we gotta uh, hear about. I mean, and that's like really the only news you hear about the Cubs. Even if they win, like it's just pretty much about Suzuki. Um, so I'm not annoyed. 
And, and he's been good. He's earned it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing really to, to hate about him or anything. And just as a in as a whole, the Cubs like like patience at the plate, like it's their on base percentage, their walks. They lead it's, the league in on base and average and doubles. But and they're uh, they're now become more middle of the pack in home runs because eventually they they do need to hit the long ball and they did today they've done tonight with Patrick wisdom back-to-back games with a home run um and there's gonna be days where you know and there's a quote in Colorado that said this is a team that's gonna single you to death sometimes you do need to hit the home run ball but it, it does remind me of you know the 15 16 team that would draw walks you know get the pitcher out by the fourth or fifth inning get into the bullpen and granted you know, not having, you know, only having a two and a half, three week um, uh, spring training. Yeah, pitchers aren't up to, you know, they don't have the endurance on their arms mm-hmm. right now. So, you know, yeah, pitchers aren't going to last as long. So <sighs> there's that. But you got to take advantage of that. You know? yeah, it, it seems like Ross, like him not having... Baez and Bryant and Rizzo and all these guys that have obviously won a World Series and are set in their ways, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. Like, all these younger, impressionable guys can come up and he can tell them, like, hey, look to expect this. Like, they're maybe they're listening to their coaches a little bit more and not kind of brushing them off. Like, how many times has a, probably a hitting coach or a manager told Javi Baez, don't swing at anything low and away. Like they're gonna, yeah. they're only gonna sliders throw you sliders. They're, they're they're only throw you sliders, right? They're only gonna throw you sliders. Don't swing the bat. And what does he do? Where now, if you know, you're talking to a Nick Madrigal or a Patrick Wisdom or a Frank uh, yeah, Swindell. I shit on Madrigal a couple weeks ago, and he's he's been getting hot lately. Yeah, know? so it's like you got these guys who might actually be taking these suggestions from their coaches and managers, like, hey, do this, and you're gonna see success, or you're gonna get on base. And, and you, you think happened. with like a wisdom or a Schwindel, like, you know, they're our age, they're 30 years old and, um, you know, they're still trying to prove it themselves. Right. Yeah. You're, you're, are they going to just say, Oh, I've been in the, the bigs for we, one we, year. We, so we I'm going to, I'm going to do what I want to do. No, you're going to listen to that hitting coach that's been in the league coaching or as a player for 20 plus years and, or David you know, Ross, you're, you're going to fight for your job. Right. If you're someone like a Patrick Wisdom, which is crazy to think that he is the Cubs all time leader in rookie home runs. Right. He beat Chris Bryant. He has more than Billy Williams, more than anybody else. It's Patrick Wisdom. Right. He had 28. <laughs> that, that's going to be a fun, uh, fun bar stat. Yeah. If he holds on to that record for like 20 years, which I think would be pretty cool. Um, but like. El Suzuki did it at, might beat it this year. Yeah. Um, but like you have, you're going to try to prove yourself every day that you deserve to be in the lineup or that you're the number one guy to come off the bench as a pinch hitter. Right. And he, he came off the bench today in the fourth inning and hit a two run shot. You know, the game now is five to three, but you know, they pinched it for Hayward. Um, and to go into your bench this early in a game, knowing the matchup, I think Ross has become better at matchups and i think when you go against a team like tampa you know they they're strictly matchup they are a matchup team all the time you know they're not afraid to go to their bench they're not afraid to go to different relievers to win games you know i think with a younger team you can explain that argument like you said better with strategy and obviously like hayward kind of being on the back end of his career probably gets that as well too yeah i mean in terms of the cubs it is it's Definitely, I'm sure as a Cubs fan, got to be nice to turn on a game and it's like, okay, or, oh, we're down 10 runs or, oh, we're not even com- – like we struck out 20 times in this game. So, I mean, as – They're not striking fan, that's out, be great. Though, which is nice. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I, it's got- I, I think we've had this debate before. What counts as like when people are like, oh, this is a gritty team. But, like, I feel like when a team is really good, they're not really like a gritty team. Like they're just yeah. kicking everyone's ass. Like a gritty team – I feel like this Cub team is like a definition of a gritty team. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good like gritty like fu- it's a gritty fundamental right. hustling team. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's great to see the Cubs 
they're know, putting not, a product on the field. Putting a product on the field, which a lot of people didn't think they were going to do, and where you can watch a game and be pleasantly surprised. And, and it's it's early. Um, oh, absolutely. I don't think you know if they're. It's now six to three. I don't think they're going to obviously win this game tonight. But if they can win tomorrow. You know, take two out of three from Tampa. You know, take three out of four from Pittsburgh before you go to Atlanta and then Milwaukee. You know, and then see how good really you are. But you know, it's it's enjoyable. You know, yeah, I think Brennan Davis is going to be called up soon. Mm-hmm. But you know, on the other side of town, you know, it's it's a different expectation. And you know, we we do face each other in the next couple of weeks, which will be fun. Yeah, it's nice that it kind of is early. Usually, it's like I mean, I think the last couple of years, it's like a June or a June and July series, or a July like and an July. August series. I like the July. Oh, I like, I like it too. July. I like it too, but it's kind of cool to get it right away, especially playing good. Like you don't want to have the Cubs like trending downward in July, right? Or whatever. Like you, like or the stocks trending downward. When you guys faced us and we're like, yeah, we you're gonna kick our ass. We got nobody out there, <laughs> and you guys are red yeah. hot. You know, like I think if they played now, it'd be great because they're both obviously expecting or both like playing watch, really well. Watching the Sox games this weekend, you know, I think this is a team that, like, they're expecting to win. I think there are some things that do kind of worry me a little bit with the Sox. I think just tighten up the bullpen a little bit. Obviously, Liam, you know, Hendrick, Liam is just a workhorse man on saturday i thought you guys were gonna blow it because he was he was wild he was able to focus get his command under and when you got a closer who can bring 98 99 with movement good night <laughs> yeah it was actually before i kind of gave into get into what uh kind of my not my thoughts on the white Sox have been these, these first 10 games is that that liam hendrick's I just saw this on Twitter or Reddit. I can't remember, but last year Liam was—he noticed that he was tipping his pitches, and he really? fixed it. Yeah, so it, he had kind of had a similar shaky start at the, as at the beginning of last season, and then I believe his wife said that he was tipping his pitches, That's and good. then he like then he ended up leading the league in saves on Reddit or Twitter, wherever I found it. It seems that he's doing it again, where he was on fastball pitches. He wasn't showing the ball like he was keeping it in his mitt mm. or no, on, on, on breaking stuff. He was keeping the ball in his mitt on fastballs. You'd be able to see it like he was holding it slightly higher than his mitt. So you'd be able to see. So is that crazy how they can pick that up in such a short time time frame? Oh, absolutely. And how like as right, a pitcher, it's, like it's, like you can look at that from film and be like, hey, look what he's doing. But. <sighs> To put that into a batter's box, be like, okay, I have this quick a seconds to recognize, yes, he is holding yeah, that he, mitt just at his eye level, just below it. Yeah, it's like you know what's coming, but he's you still got to hit it at the location yeah. he's throwing it to. Right. But I mean, if he if he can figure that out and he notices that, then hopefully that's that's what's kind of bogging him down now. Any but, anything that worries you about the Sox right now? Uh, the injuries, uh, I mean, yeah. we start, we have injuries now and, um, we don't have the best track record for staying healthy and with a shortened spring training, that's only going to escalate things. I mean, Eloy's missed tons of games. Luis Roberts missed games to Anderson's missed games. You already had AJ Pollock and Luis, Luis, Lucas, not Luis, Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn. And I'm sure that I'm missing guys. Um, who are out on the IL, Joe Kelly. So just staying healthy is my biggest concern. The craziest thing, kind of similar to your the Cubs' high on base percentage, which their track record, you would have not expected that, right. is that with all of these... Especially the of, past seven years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With all of the injuries to the, the rotation, Giolito, Lynn, and us only really having... Cease as our ace, and then yeah. Keuchel, who is not not who he used to be. Um, and Kopech. Kopech's first year as a starter. And he looked then, good on Saturday, though. He did, but I mean, like, he, it's his first year. You don't know right. what to expect. And then you got guys like Vince Velasquez and Johnny Cueto is going to be pitching for us a couple starts. 
that we have the actual we have the lowest ERA and WHIP I want to say or like one that's of the top crazy. three lowest ERAs in the American League. So that's what it was kind of shocking to me is I would have thought that you know it's actually been our bullpen that's kind of been shaky compared to our starting pitchers. Um, but just the injuries are the biggest concern for me. I am. I think that our bats are going to be fine. I, I think the last game that we played, or two games ago against Tampa Bay, they were like four or five balls that if it was May or June or slightly warmer, they would have been home runs. So I think that we're going to be think, scoring. We're going to be scoring runs. Do you think the White Sox might rely too much on the home run ball? Do you think that worries you again? Uh, Especially like when we go in the playoffs, because like. I'm I mean, gonna say I'm gonna say no. So much power in that lineup. Absolutely, I'm gonna say no, just because I think that there is enough now that we can go for contact, like with Josh Harrison, AJ Pollock, Andrew Vaughn. Like he's obviously hit home runs. He's but his on base percentage is great. I do think that some of some guys are kind of live or die by the home run, like Yasmani and Eloy at times can be. Um, I'm more so concerned, I guess another concern, is that we have a pretty high tendency to not be very patient at the plate. We're going, I mean, and that could totally be a strategy that they're utilizing is like attacking the first pitch. But sometimes if they do that, like it's very frustrating to like see your top three hitters like only get five pitches out of the pitcher because they're swinging at the first pitch, grounding out, whatever it may be. And you're, you're already down in a hole. Yeah, so I'm not so, I'm not so concerned about live or die by the home run. It's just not seeing as many pitches as I'd like to, and just kind of. I mean, it's totally great if like you you know he's gonna throw a slider low and away right, and you're gonna attack it. it, but sometimes that can be kind of risky to go yeah. that way. Because well, I, I will say this: I mean, if your pitcher's got if your pitcher's got 30 pitches after the first inning and their opposing pitcher only has six. You're setting yourself I think up. Your your best player, and I've always thought it'd be Eloy would would become your best player, and you know he has all the potential to be, but it's not even close right now. It's Luis Roberts. Not oh yeah, close. I would say it's him, then Anderson, then Eloy. Right. Of- yeah. I mean, okay. how how Luis, you know, <coughs> caters to center field, how he's able to read the ball. I think you know getting AJ Pollock. You know, an above average right fielder is he doesn't need to worry about covering as much ground. You know, I think a lot of people are saying, like, if you get a bad right fielder, if you go cheap on right field, you're asking a lot of pressure for Roberts to cover more turf than he needs to, especially since he's got Eloy out there. And, like, let's be honest, Eloy can make the argument that he's a a, a full time DH. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do all the time with, you know, him and Vaughn and Abreu who get all DH or do you start moving to Eloy to DH and then Vaughn into left field and then, you know, whatever. It's nice having options when you have five guys who can crank it out of the park all the time. Yeah, they had first world but, problems in terms of baseball. Right, right. Um, but I think Luis will be an all-star this year if he can stay healthy. and. You know, he's 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 built like a linebacker. Yeah, he's I mean when I went to that game, I we were in right center field and like we got to really see him up close and he was I mean, he looks big on the T V but like it was funny because you know how like the outfielders sometimes will like kind of congregate in center field, like in between innings and talk. Yeah. Like seeing him stand next to Andrew Vaughn and I forgot who was playing left field. Ah, or right field. But anyway, him like him standing next to Andrew Vaughn, he just like towered over him, and I did and, not expect. And Vaughn isn't Vaughn like a bigger guy too? Like, he's he's a like a guy. he's a stocky guy, but he's like maybe pushing six feet. But it's okay. just like to see in like, person. He's just like a brick shit house. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, in terms of the White Sox, like what how they've played so far with all with all these injuries and like different lineups that TLR is testing out. I mean, they've won every series they've been in, so I'm not gonna. Yeah. I can't complain about anything. If you could win every series of the season, you're going to win 95 plus games. Yeah, that's going to be great. So, I mean, I really have no qualms about the game so far. I think like, like they say, you can't you can't win a division in April, but you can lose a division in April. 
absolutely. And they're doing everything in their power to prove that. Now it starts a big stretch. I think they play like 10 or so division games, and this is where you got to start, you know, You'd like to see him win seven out of ten, eight out of ten, just to really push that division lead, right? Um, and like, especially since like the division, you know, I, it's weird. I think, I think both central divisions are probably not the best. They're probably two of the weakest divisions in baseball. Like, but it's because of opposite reasons, right? The NL Central, the Brewers, and the Cardinals, especially the Cardinals, are older, right? And yep. You know, like only getting only getting older, signing Albert yeah. Torres. You know, bringing back Wainwright and Molina's on his last legs. Like it's their goodbye tour, but they still have enough talent with Arnado and Goldschmidt. You know, to make things interesting. Yeah, O'Neill, Carlson, Bader. Yeah, like they could. They have a lot of power, um, and they're going to hit a lot of home runs. But they're old, and can they keep up? in that heat in St. Louis, the Brewers a little older too. Do they rely too much on pitching? Not enough hitting is can Yelich get back to that 2019, 2018 Yelich. And, you know, it hasn't looked like he, you know, he finally hit a home run the first time in you know months or almost like a year. Uh, Cause he was out. Yeah. I think, I think the Brewers success just all lands on him. If he can get back to that, not even just MVP, but, all star caliber caliber play that they still pay win the for. division. I think yeah. someone I think I think eighty eight wins wins the division. Um I know the Brewers I, I really thought the Brewers had a chance to go to the World Series last year just based off their pitching and we talked about that too. Like they like they should have beat like they were in the perfect spot to really get there. They didn't and you know, but both teams really didn't add a lot to their rosters and then you have the Cubs who, you know, this young and upcoming team, Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh, and the Reds got rid of everybody. And then you go to the AL Central, and it's like, you know, the White Sox are, like, right in their prime, mm-hmm. right? Like, they are the 2016 Cubs. Like, this is the year they need to win it, you know, because in the next two or three years, you're going to have your contracts coming up, and, you know, you can't keep all of your core together. And then you have Minnesota, you got the Royals, you got Detroit coming up with their farm systems. So... It's it's weird how both divisions are in kind of opposite, you know. Oh yeah, like, it's, it's this is why I love baseball because it's so like so many different things can happen in the course yeah. of a season. Like, you know, the Sox could completely implode and the Cubs could be surprised first place, or it I could don't be. See that. I don't see that. Yeah, I mean that's very <laughs> really getting out of hand. But I mean we'll we'll see how the season plays out. I was when you were talking about. Uh, the Cubs in your division, I can I feel like the Cubs like they'll beat up on the Brewers. I just feel like you can, like you said the Brewers aren't really haven't added much. They're, it's weird. So last year the Cubs went four and fifteen against the Brewers, and like this year I I don't see that happening. But what I and could, this year I they could, already won two games against them. I could totally see like you guys having a really good divisional record, but I feel I could see like. The Cardinals being that old team, like, yeah. are the one that beat up on you, just because, like, yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's an I old group of guys. I really think it's the Brewers' division to lose. Um, I mean, when they get a lead, they're the best. I mean, it's it's over, right? With Williams, and then Hater, and Hater it's yeah. it's over. Like, if they have a lead on you, it sucks because. You know, we were trying to threaten, you know, last week we or last week they tried to go for the or two weeks ago they tried to go for the sweep and you know, the Cubs had an early three oh lead, you know, they bullpen kinda got away and then you know, Brewers got a lead late. It was just like, Well, game's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mean, it'll it, it's Hendrickson Hendrickson Hater, they're the two most dominant closers right now. It's I I haven't close. Yeah, it's. I mean, it'll be interesting. Then you then you got all the storylines in Major League Baseball. Like the Dodgers are like a, a video game in terms of their roster. It's weird though because they still build their farm system. Oh yeah, they always have like the top a top player yeah. in the 
Like they're not afraid to go out and spend $120 million on someone, but yet still draft. Well, they're, they're yeah. them and the giants are like an anomaly of how they do things. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, well they got rid of, let's say it's Mookie bets or whatever. And like, Oh, we'll just plug them in with our number two rated prospect in all of baseball. It's like, or like how they were able to get Freddie Freeman. Yeah. Right. And then you have some teams who just never spend money or they only, they spend money and they have no, you know, draft capital. Yeah, and then you could be the Orioles where you have all these top picks and they, they don't come up and you have a roster that's worth only like $35 million. <laughs> and then you're being investigated to see if you're a pam- like actually uh, trying to be competitive. <laughs> trying to be competitive, yeah. And we'll see how that turns out for them. But yeah, that's that's the baseball I got, man. Yeah, same. I was going to say that about wraps up our uh, introduction slash current update on Sox, Cubs, and a little bit of baseball, but... I think that about wraps up this episode, Jack. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, man. So we'll be back next week with, well, we might even do two episodes next week because we have the draft. So we might maybe do a pre and then a post draft episode. We'll see, but definitely the draft will occur next week. So that'll be the big topic. And then we'll have more probably Sox Cubs as the season goes on. And other than that, team bear out. This was a great episode, Jack. What do you say? You know, it's it's so much quieter without Tim. You know. Yeah, I know. You know, you can. I have my volume turned up higher than I usually do, so it's <laughs> just it's just how it rolls when uh, you know he's not on the on the pod. But remember, you can catch our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, actually anywhere you prefer to get your podcast. And then, uh, you know, bear down. Bear down. Thank you, thank you, and go Bears!